So hi, my name is Keith Gellhorn, and I am the founder and chief empowerment officer at Advocacy. Uh, what we do is we coach neurodivergent youth and adults who have um, ADHD, learning disabilities, autism, anxiety, and any co-occurring mental health challenge or physical health challenge for that matter that impacts executive functioning. Our clients are typically students who are uh, kind of grade 12 and up. So typically deal with grade 12 students. We have a post-secondary transition program. We've got post-secondary students. And for the post-secondary students, currently I have 100% funding for students who are, who are um, going through Nova Scotia student loans and self-identify as having ADHD or other executive function deficits. Uh, anxiety also counts actually as well. Um, we can get funded for, but yeah, 100% funding. We have a few spots available. Just hired a couple new, well, returning new coaches that have come back to help us out because we're booming. But uh, yeah, that's all fully funded. Uh, we also work with uh, adults in career transition. Um, we often get funding for them through Nova Scotia Works. Uh, if you are in Halifax, our biggest client that we deal with are. Um, Teamwork Cooperative and the WorkBridge. Um, basically, if you want to find these things through uh, NovaScotiaWorks.ca, and uh, so that that's potentially it's not never guaranteed, but I'll say potentially funding for adults who are unemployed, underemployed, uh, working in a kind of a dead end job and want to go further in life, and or um, the newest thing is uh, entrepreneurs and. Uh, that's through Teamwork Cooperative. It's a spin-off program called the Go3D program, uh, specifically for supporting uh, neurodivergent and basically any entrepreneur with a disability uh, through that program. Uh, it's a one-year subsidized program that you can basically take to build your business from scratch. Um, I think they have like 53 participants in it currently. They have two streams. They've got a, a stream for startup. So basically starting with nothing more than maybe an idea. So that's one stream and that's a year that you can take to build your business up. And I guess it's funded uh, through Employment Nova Scotia. And then they've got the continuing stream. So if you have a business that's uh, already established like mine, I'm a 11 years in at this point, um, I can go and tap into those resources and get monthly business coaching through them for free. Uh, the reason I'm bringing them up is that uh, uh, I've been working with entrepreneurs now since uh, 2013. I started off coaching uh, entrepreneurs through the self-employment benefits program at Seed up until 2019, where everything went a little haywire. Uh, once I left there, um, I'll just say while I left, I was told that uh, I was too niche for, for their clientele. And uh, if any entrepreneur out there knows, uh, well, you know yourselves, ADHD in general, we're like 400 times more likely to become entrepreneurs. I went in, well, I got my uh, contract then, I was basically funded through Employment Nova Scotia to, to support people through that program. I just said, you know, is anybody in here because you can't work for anybody else like me? And out of the 30 people in the room, 17 of them raised their hands. And I asked to bring them over and have a little focus group with them. Uh, during that focus group period, uh, found out there's a bunch with ADHD, uh, one guy with a developmental disorder, uh, another few with autism, uh, trauma, like past trauma, bullying in the workplace. Like the list went on and on and all, all related back to mental health and neurodiversity as a whole. And uh, I said, well, it's all well, fine and good for you guys to go through the program, but who's supporting you with that? And uh, there was nobody to support them with that. And uh, I am, uh, what you could say in my teenage year was very much oppositional defiant disorder. So you tell me what to do or what I can't do. I tell you where to go and how to get there. Uh, that's what I used to do, but I now do it with kindness instead. So you say like, there's nothing. Uh, I will find a way to make sure that there is something. So I went up to the province, pitched my case, just happened to be that the funder, uh, funder's kid has, ADHD and autism knew 100% what I was talking about, funded the thing for eight years. And uh, anyways, took a little hiatus from it. Um, but I really miss the people I was coaching. I've been, I, I was coaching a lot of uh, people one-to-one -one through Teamwork Cooperative 
a lot of entrepreneurs in that perspective through teamwork. Um, but just wanted to get a group together um, for continuous stuff. So what always happens in all these programs is that you go and do your program. The minute the program ends, they're like, see you later, right? And good luck on your own. And those of us who are in the room, I guarantee in our working life at some point in time, not even at some point in time, probably even currently, you know, we go up and down like a freaking yo-yo. And when we're high, we can execute and get things done like nobody's business, which I'm currently on now. I'm on a ripper right now, uh, just getting stuff done. I'm doing 19 of these webinars in, uh, in uh, October alone. I landed two massive con or three massive contracts actually in the last like week that are, I'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I basically just doubled my staff. I'm going to double them again easily in uh, in the new year, and I'll probably double that again by 2024, given the way things are going. So pretty pretty bananas how how the world works, and when business comes, you gotta you gotta take it while it's hot, right? So, anyways, for today. Uh, we have four, five actually people on the call, and I think most are either current entrepreneurs or budding entrepreneurs. And what I'm going to do is ask you. You heard my little pitch. Elevator pitch is all what it's all about. Uh, I'm not sure if you're all there yet, but give it a stab. You're sitting on an elevator. You got 30 seconds to tell us what you do, and uh, I'm going to call on each one of you uh, to try it and. If you don't succeed, it's all good. If you want to just tell us about what you are, what you're doing, what stage in your business you're at, or why you're here, and kind of where you're going, or what you what you hope to accomplish, um, that would be great too. So, who wants to volunteer with a little elevator pitch for today? This is free advertising for your business, so you can't really go wrong with that. I'll go. Awesome. Um, so I don't think it's going to be 30 seconds, but yeah, no, take, no, take as long as you want. 30 seconds is a guideline. I talk yeah. for hours, so it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, my name is Janice King and, uh, I am by trade, a recreation therapist. I've worked the last 20 years in healthcare, uh, the last 10 years in long-term care and the pandemic spoiled everything for me um i just want out and want to be my own boss <laughs> and sound familiar yeah and um i uh so i'm creating content right now i love the population that i work with the seniors um and people with dementia and um various kinds of uh cognitive um impairments and i so, during the pandemic just identified a bunch of gaps in resources that are available uh, to people like myself, rec therapists or people caring for people with dementia or cognitive impairments. So uh, I'm essentially creating content for, uh, for people with dementia. So books that uh, are at a level where they're able to engage with them successfully. Um, and that's essentially what I'm doing right now. I finally got my first book published uh, last week. And um, that's um, right now I'm just kind of working through the promotions for it and everything. And um, yeah, that's where I'm at. So can you share what's the book if you've got to publish? Um, is it out there and ready to buy or will it be out there? What's the name of it? Let's... Yeah, it's called uh, Saturday with Grandma. Awesome. And <laughs> it's uh, just a simple story about a granddaughter that visits her grandmother for Saturday afternoon, a little adventure that they go on. It's, um, you know, four to 5,000 words. Uh, it's like seven chapters, large print, nice. spaced, spaced out so that uh, it's not overwhelming to someone who isn't able to concentrate so well um, to follow the story. And there's a few um, relevant photos that are in the book as well um, that kind of go along with the storyline as like visual cues. And um, 
yeah so that you can get it on amazon i can put the link in the um in the chat uh when i when i have a sack here okay sounds great that's awesome thanks yeah 100 percent I'm going to call on you more in a bit here, too. <laughs> going to bug you all. All right. Who wants to go next? Uh, you are talking about P oh, PhD, and I am one. <laughs> oh, there you go. It's yeah. all right. Good for you. What are you what's your PhD in? I'm PhD in bio, bioscience. Awesome. But it was like, yeah, in Brazil, I'm a biologist. But okay. when I moved to Canada, I came to work as a nanny. Because there is a program that you can work as a nanny for two years and after you can apply for BOPR. And mm -hmm. this year, thank God, I got my PR finally. <laughs> Good job. And to get with the PR, I discovered that I, I have a DHG, like I just discovered here in Canada. Mm -hmm. uh, I always knew that something was like different with me, but I never knew about because I think everybody always think about ADDG like a children that is like hyper and don't stop and the boy. And that's why I decided to open an Instagram page to talk about ADDG because I thought, okay, I have lots of things for ADDG that I had no idea. And maybe that is lots of people that had no idea also. And yeah, I start this page and they think like, Grew as a crazy, and now I have more than 100,000 followers in Brazil. Holy and gosh. people start to ask for I teach about the DDG or teach how how I stop like to spend money as a crazy, or how can I study like get a degree without know about a DDG. And, and I start to sell course, like I'm teaching about that, and I start to make money. And now I'm glad. Because I think for, for my whole life, I was always wondering, like, okay, look, what I can do that I really love, that I can put all my heart, and I was always looking for a different job and never fit in, in the place. And I think now I finally find, like, my path. And, yeah, I hope to reach more people and open up. Instagram page here too because now is everything in Portuguese. I put the link here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, yeah, I was checking out your link. I did put it on Facebook as well. Um, I don't know if it come up there. Yeah, this O T D A H. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, I'm sure we can make make uh, we can interpret what you're, what you're trying to say in there. <laughs> that it's all universal. Yeah, no, I, I need to bring it here and start to do this thing here because it's almost impossible like bring money for brazil and live here in canada is <laughs> yeah no yeah that, that's <laughs> tricky and getting them to pay right i i uh we had a post go viral uh, a couple of years ago just just as i laid my last employee off during covid she posted something for us and we got like 14 million views on it it wasn't even my post it was a repost just fluked mm -hmm. out right place right time and it was the most painful thing I had to do with layer off. And I was like, you got to come back because we we were booked with like hundreds of people, but they were all from the Philippines. I don't know how that happened, but somehow the Philippines came on and they're like, well, oh, money? No, we don't have any of that. And I said, okay, well, uh, you can join my free Facebook group if you like, mm. but uh, this is the... Yeah, when I finished my PhD, I never imagined I would work with biology again. Like I, I was okay. so... For me, it was like a trauma at the end. Yeah. It was like, okay, now I need to start a new life and do a different thing. And now I am talking about ADHD and dopamine and brains. So I was yeah. like, oh my goodness. <laughs> well, that's awesome. That's that's an advantage. If uh, It's funny. I'm very non-scientific. So I talk in metaphors, not the scientific ways. As both have their ways, I guess. It's a good, good mix of two. But yeah, we should... Yeah, uh, I could do it if I could speak Portuguese and collaborate with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying as much as I can. Don't speak like in a way that people you not understand, like too, yeah. too much science. Yeah, right, in an right. easy way. And yeah, awesome. Well, that's great. Thanks so much for coming on. How long has your page been around for, by the way? Uh, six months. And you got a hundred thousand already. That's impressive. Yeah, that's why, like, I never imagined when people start to grow and growing. 
after yeah. people start to text me saying, I discovered the LED after your page, after I start to see your videos and uh, the text that I put, like talking about. And yeah, I think I still discover the LED together with people every single day. <laughs> That's awesome. Way to go. That is so cool. Amazing. Thank well, you. Well, happy to have you here and we'll chat in a minute. I'm happy to be here too. Yeah. Uh, Amy, did you want to go? Sure. Uh, I'm in a little bit of a different situation. I'm the spouse of somebody who has been diagnosed with ADHD kind of late in life. Um, I am the executive function, I guess you would say, in the relationship. Um, And my husband has actually recently left traditional employment. He was a director of uh, IT security security with an auto um, conglomerate here in the city um, and is now making Japanese culinary knives here in Prospect. Uh, So this was a passion project. Um, The photos on the wall were one of the first uh, hobbies that kind of was monetized. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is one of the other uh, hobbies that was kind of picked up and he's become really skilled at. So I get to kind of do the admin type stuff um, and also work full time um, while he gets to hang out and make knives and forge things in the shop that overlooks the ocean. No way. Yeah. Is it a, is it a, like a touristy shop? Like people go down and buy stuff there. Is it all export? No. So he, he basically has, it's our workshop. It's a shed. Mm -hmm. So he forges the iron, he makes Mm -hmm. blades, he makes the handles. He does it all. Amazing. If you want to check it out, it's at uh, irongall.ca is the, is the website. Yeah. Um, I want to put it down in the chat. If you put it in the chat there, I'll share it on Facebook because Facebook's a weird one. It's uh, I never get, I don't get a lot of engagement off and I'm monitoring both of them, but I don't, know. I don't know how Facebook works. And it's funny with the Instagram too. We, I, uh, one of my coaches that, uh, I hired she, when I hired her, she was like 24, 25, 24 probably. And I was like, Oh, she'll be all over using the Instagram. And else, Nope. I don't know how to use Instagram. <laughs> I'm like LinkedIn, LinkedIn and Facebook. I guess I'm a boomer or something now, but, um, anyways, we'll see what happens, but. They're always fun tools. That was my my previous uh, role. I did all the communications as well as finances and stuff for our grassroots organization. So awesome. yeah, the, the social media platforms are always always a challenge. So yeah, we're, yes. we Jeremy has my husband has recently had some really good press. He was just featured in Curated Magazine, which came out this week. Right. Uh, so yeah. we're post, post all that stuff. Perfect. <laughs> we're hoping to capitalize on that. And yeah, why not? Yeah. And, and looking to like support him in the business and just kind of figure out the best way to do that and the best way to move forward together and figure out how to build this together. Very good. I almost, uh, I, uh, like I said, I'm experiencing a monster boom right now. And I was considering hiring my partner on, and then I was like, this is a horrible idea, (laughs) horrible idea. We stay friends instead. And, uh, yeah, it's probably, probably bad news. I just hired my, uh, an office manager today though well hopefully if she takes it i'm stoked i haven't had one in 11 years i've been running it solo i work like stupid hours like 20 20 hours of basically i i claim that i close my computer at 5 30 which i do and then i just switch over to social media for the rest of the time but i've got some key players building in my network now finally um but i love it I, it's not none of it feels like work it's all fun so that's awesome. Uh, I highly recommend you come and join if you do have time and your husband maybe has time on Friday at 930 in the morning, come down to that networking session. Um, then you learn about the Go 3D and all the programs. I'll be talking about all of the entrepreneurial programs and uh, I'm a funding wizard too. So if anybody needs money for getting their businesses going or continuum or wage subsidies, anything, I get funding for everything. So it's kind of my, my jam. <laughs> it's uh something to geek out on. Um, so I think everybody's gone. Um, so my next question, what are you guys' biggest challenges when it comes to entrepreneurship? What's the stuff that keeps you up at night? And I know some people, a lot of people are brand new to this. Some have been around for about a while, but yeah, when you're thinking about this holy smokes moment, because uh, everybody thinks it's like, oh, I'm going to go into business for myself and I can work whenever I want. I actually came up with this motto for myself. It was like how to make the most amount of money in the least amount of time so I could take the most amount of time off. That was my initial motto for working. And I did that. I worked my butt off. My 
my primary season is post-secondary students. That's what I've been uh, probably like 70% of my business right now is that. Um, and so I'd be full out from September to May. And then I thought once May hit, May, June, July, August, I'm like, this is golden. Take the bike out, the ATV, go camping, whatever, sit at the lake. Uh, uh, it didn't go that well. right? Uh, what happened is in my slow days, I get bored. And when I get bored and my dopamine goes down, then I get depressed. And I basically spent four, four months uh, basically doing nothing. Right. So, so uh, over the last year, I've been really focusing on building out more group coaching, uh, professional development stuff and so forth. Um, and uh, it's paid off uh, in spades. I, I worked my butt off for it, but it's paid off in spades. Again, I, I'll, I'll share that. I'll share that a little later. But um, yeah, anybody have some of the uh, some challenges they face as entrepreneurs? What's the biggest things you face? Like one of the most common things that I saw coaching entrepreneurs over the last uh, whatever we had, almost a decade now is uh, people like I hate sales. Well, why the heck are you in this business, right? If you hate sales, you always have to sell yourself. Like I don't sell in the traditional sense. I'm not like the my what's the word i gotta find my words so i don't sound like an asshole all right uh an idiot uh yeah like the the guys are in the fancy suits dressed the nines blunt stones and they're you know whatever just, i'm just myself right i just i i don't change i'm not uh i'm not uh a, a force forcible person if you want to buy it from me great if you don't you go somewhere else it's fine by me right i got no no shortage of clients so but uh, but that's the most common thing. People are petrified of selling. That's a major problem, right? If you're going to be an entrepreneur, anybody else have uh, anything to add there? I mean, the big problem is like to stop. When I when I started like to create something, I have a, a big problem like to keep my social life too. When I start to do my courses in in Brazil, um, lately I I have worked. I have waking up like 5 a.m. to walk in my course before I go to work. And when I arrive at home after work, it's like shower and I eat in front of my computer until go sleep. And yeah. it's like that. It's like the days is it's always the same and the same and the same. And for me, it's always hard like to, to stop and rest and say, hey, your brain needs to stop a little bit. Or yeah. it's going to like, I'm going <laughs> to die. <laughs> create a pause right that's the yeah. that's the big thing with adhd so my question to all of you and i this isn't coming from me this is just something i heard when was the last time you guys were bored i have no idea <laughs> like since the cell phone came out who's been bored really been bored with yeah. nothing to do in the last 10 to 15 years anybody yeah. have that? you know when we have a, a hurricane here, that we there have you go. a whole day without internet, yeah. I think was the most amazing day like my yeah. life. I yeah. remember I got a book and I never read so fast, like without <laughs> no one interrupting and cell phone and said, okay, I think I, I need to pretend I have a hurricane at least once a, a month, <laughs> all week. Yeah, I ride a motorcycle and a, I've got ATV and boat and stuff like that um like my little toys or whatever but no i don't I have the toys not for status or anything i got the toys because the only way i can disconnect from this because other than mm -hmm. that i'm on it 24 hours a day my girlfriend's sitting in the corner talking to me and i'm just like staring at i can't stop it's like yeah. worse than any drug that's ever <laughs> ever been out right it's, it's nasty so yeah yeah and and that that cycle of going and going 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 it, it only does last for so long. Have you guys hit burnout cycles yet? Um, we're, we're like on perpetual state of burnout and just on the cutting edge, right? And, and when you go and go and go like that, if you don't create some division, like you're asking for, for the crash and burn, unfortunately. We're, one of the things, um, actually one of the people are coming on also on Friday, but later on in the day at 1230, um is a, a sleep therapist who specializes in adhd uh, she was my sleep therapist and i was like you got to come and 
figure out the ADHD market because there's tons of us. So there's a huge correlation between sleep or lack thereof and uh, executive dysfunction. So if you think about it back in the day when we we're when we were a little younger and we we're hitting the dome, you know, we goes out on uh, on uh, Friday night. We could swing Friday night. No problem. Pull an all nighter. Get up the next day. We could dome it up again. No problem. By the time Sunday hit, you're starting to get a little loopy. Right. <laughs> and uh, and then you're getting more and more and more, more loopy as the days go on. Uh, anyways, there's a massive correlation between the two. Um, there's actually correlation between sleep disorders, uh, addiction, eating disorders, any kind of risky stuff like, um, you know, speeding tickets, accidents, like the, there's so much interrelation between all the crazy stuff that's out there in the world. It, it's not even funny, right? And not to mention like prisons, right? I went and did a presentation in a prison once, just a little side thing for the prison guards. And uh, uh, apparently... <laughs> Like the research shows that about 20 to 40% of prisoners have uh, ADHD, but it's not treated here at all. They, they, they know it's there. They won't give out medication because everybody's afraid of the stimulant stuff. Like the stimulant is stimulant medication that was scary. It was Ritalin back in the day or Adderall or Dexedrine, like the heavy duty, heavy hitters, but they're rarely prescribed now here. Um, like Vyvanse is all long acting. You know, if, if you got some, the prisoners some medication and talk to a guy like me because I'm I'm always only one step away from being in jail. Let's see my knuckle all bunged up like that. That was from my wicked anger management problems that I used to have. And if cell phones were around there, I'd be in jail a thousand percent and or be uh, not Karen but Keith all over the internet losing his marbles driving. Right? Um, I don't drive much anymore. I work from home and I ride my motorcycle nice and safe and. Nova Scotians are nice people. It's people in Vancouver, they can beat it <laughs> when it comes to, I can't even go into Vancouver and look at a car without being pissed off. So uh, anyways, good, good fun. Uh, Amy, what are some of the challenges that you've seen? You're, you're on a unique supporting role. So your, your husband's a lucky man because he's got a, a free executive assistant. So that's pretty <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, it's it's interesting because my husband was only diagnosed like five-ish years ago, but we've okay. known each other since elementary school. So when he finally got the diagnosis, it was like, of course, like this mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense now. So it was really like really helpful for our relationship and, you know, realizing that, you know, you're separating those behaviors from, you know, the person. Um, in relation to the business, like what I notice a lot is there's a big shame component to the productivity um, and trying to figure out the systems, you know, he wants it to be perfect. Um, and so I'm trying to be that supportive person who's saying like, you're still early at this. Like part of it is trying things and seeing what works and what doesn't work. And yet being supportive and trying <laughs> To, to help. Right. And, and he needs somebody to hold him accountable, but holding him accountable without, you know, turning into somebody's parent as well. hundred percent. Yeah. The systems stuff. How many of you guys have tried to create systems? Just the thought of creating systems. What does that evoke in all of you? I'm very fortunate. I've got a neighbor next door who runs a, a seven figure consulting business who happens to be in between projects at this point in time. Uh, she's a, she's a social worker and runs uh, basically class action lawsuits. So she's the middle person between the lawyers and people in the class action lawsuit and does trauma informed, informed care. Good, good person to know. Um, but her favorite thing to do is project management. My least favorite to do, thing to do project management. So we we've exchanged little services. You help me create like, mini step by step by step every week and i'll help you network she hates it we're going out tomorrow night how about you uh man see now you're jk i can't remember your name janet janice king janet king j something king i know your last name <laughs> janice <laughs> janice good enough there we go sorry about that um something that i struggle with is um when i am not sure how to do something so there's like a lot of 
new territory that I'm navigating here. And mm-hmm. um, I have done some publishing work in the past and I do have a lot of that knowledge, but um, they were different kinds of books that I was publishing, different like populations I was targeting. Um, and so I, I tend to like sit on stuff for a little while while like my subconscious tries to kind of figure things out. Um, and uh, you know, you get lost down the wormhole hole when you're when you try to do the research to um, to figure some of this stuff out. Sometimes I just need to kind of like, marinate let it marinate a little bit (laughs) and even sleep on it and uh you know I'll wake up and kind of have the answers I was looking for um yeah that's that's something that in addition to everything else that everybody talked about (laughs) because I have those challenges too it's like listening to myself talk, listening to you guys. Um, it's hilarious and kind of terrifying at the same time. <laughs> but, um, but it's just so refreshing to know that, you know, it's not, I'm not alone in my struggles. And uh, um, yeah, it, it, it validates a lot of the way that I feel some, sometimes pretty much at some point every day <laughs> that's awesome yeah it is it is so how many of you guys feel like you're all by yourself most of the time and nobody gets what you're going through you try to explain it and and uh you know i especially like my my dad he's my accountant currently for my business i had to unfortunately bring him in i wish he was there at the start because then i would have completely butchered my my taxes it took him uh by the time he got involved, I'd been in business for like eight years. It took him two years to undo all the disaster that happened. I have a math disability. He knows it because he tried to pound the times tables into my head, but he's just like, oh, you'll figure it out. Never did figure it out. Had no idea what I was even communicating with the, the bookkeeper about. And so one of the biggest challenges that I had in my business, I got, like I said, two times a year where I'm really busy. September and January is when I book all the students but I didn't know what this deferred revenue was. So just like, like in these two months, you know, I made, you know, six figures in two months and nothing the rest of the year, essentially. Uh, anyways, it was a total disaster. Right. And uh, um, anyhow, the, uh, but yeah, his solution for, for me is anytime I get stressed, which happens all the time, like you can only do 20 hour days without grinding yourself into the wall. Right. Um, is go for a walk. Just go for a walk to where right it's always my thing like where am i walking to because it, it's it goes along the same thing as like why am i doing the kajillion things if i don't know where i'm getting to so if you don't have a clearly defined goal which is the anti of what every adhd or out there does who needs a goal we'll just wing it day to day and we'll eventually get there but if you can't clarify where that is or what the next step is then all of that stuff like mark all that stuff that you're researching it's all for nothing right unless it's it's like i'm gonna do research cameras then i'm gonna buy a camera then i'm gonna do this then i'm gonna do that but if but if it's all just lumped together then it's it's basically going back to my uh my analogy is how i look at stuff like that is say say you're on a teeter-totter right you're on a teeter-totter i'm gonna I use a pen makes makes more sense. You're on teeter totter, right? And uh, you're trying to get up and over the hill so you can get down the other side, right? So if you're if you're going up the teeter totter and you walk over and you take a step, then you're you're gonna fall over or get off the other side. But all that other stuff that you're carrying around, just picture everything, all those thoughts and that muddled mind and the I should do this and get this and get the camera and get the lights and buy the next best app or try the next best thing or whatever else. All it's doing is basically imagine you're carrying the biggest bag of crap around that you can find. Picture like a big Santa sack, but you're not Santa. You're not strong enough to get it out, up and over. You, you can step to the other side, right? But you still got that big bag of crap sitting on the other end. So it's always going to pull you back. 
Uh, the only way to get over to the other side is lighten the load, right? Slim down, go to bare basics, do step by step by step by step, and uh, and uh, go from it from that way. Every time I try to overcomplicate things, I get absolutely nowhere. Slim it down. Go lean. There's a reason why people say, you know, fail fast or, you know, I'm a failed tech entrepreneur, so I can talk about that, right? Start a business. If it's not going the right way, get out of it, move to the next thing, right? Like there, there's a point, there's a point to it. And if you got a passion for it, like my business has almost failed multiple times. Two months ago, I was like, heck with that, I'm closing the doors. And then it wasn't until my sister said, well, What are you gonna do? Be a truck driver? Because that's what they always say. That's kind of their my family's thing to me is like, oh, go drive a truck. Not that there's anything wrong with it, because truck drivers make a bucket of money too. But, you know, I'm addicted to my phone. So I'll be the first guy driving off the Halifax Bridge. I probably wouldn't even make it out of the city as a long haul driver without hitting somebody. So, so it is what it is. Any other challenges you guys have experienced? How about wins? What, what, are, what are some of the, like the big wins that you've had? Because wins are the things, even, even if you're going on the teeter-totter, right? The wins are the things that kind of push you forward. There's a concept called flow. Have you ever heard of that? It's part of growth mindset. Um, there's one analogy, another analogy. I'm going to write a children's book just like you, Janice. Like, or not a children's book, but a, a real simple book of all these thoughts in my head. Is That's my, my next goal with, uh, with Mushroom Keith as the as the leader of it, right? Uh, but anyhow, um, the idea of flow. So if anybody ever been in a boat before, a speed boat, and if you've been in one, you know that as you're ripping along and you let off the gas, like the boat will slow down, but eventually the weight catches up to you and pushes you forward, right? So you don't fully stop. There's always that like little shove in behind you. And I like to think about that in terms of how we operate as entrepreneurs, right? All the time we feel like giving up or Janet, yeah, I know you said you had to pivot, that sucks. Um, however, there's something that keeps us going. And that's the one thing that neurodivergent people have that the neurotypicals don't have, right? A lot of neurotypicals will just like, holy crap, it's hard, it's overwhelming. Might as well just toss in the towel. There's something behind us that pushes us to get to the next level, but there's something in you that just keeps pushing you. That's, that's the interesting thing about us. We get knocked down left, right, sideways. I know Mark, we talked on the phone about all the jobs you had. I had like 50 jobs by the time I was uh, 24. I think I, I was talking to this, this mother the other day and she's all, you know, trying to volunteer, 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 her her daughter who's 19 and come talk to me right and she's like I'm so concerned about my daughter she's had you know five or six jobs and they've only lasted a maximum of three months I'm like that's pretty good most of my jobs lasted like in the early days I, I took five jobs at once in this one week I remember very clearly uh, I worked at Muffin Break for a week Cinnabon for two days Subway for a month took a job in a restaurant said oh yeah I'll be there never showed up right <laughs> like like that's, that's nothing. Uh, and, and uh, yeah, most of us are career change careers a million times over, right? There's, we're just late bloomers. How many in the room? That's the question for you. How many in the room consider yourself kind of late bloomers? Like you're just kind of getting going more so in your late, late twenties, early thirties versus how you were at 20. I'd love to hear, hear that comparison, you know, under 25 over 30. How's it changed for you? I had a similar experience, but it wasn't with business. It was with my athletics. I, uh, I was a, a very good basketball player and awesome. um, I played for Dalhousie and um, I went overseas and played in Germany. Um, but I faced a lot of criticism and a lot of skeptics in my abilities and everything and um I feel like I like underachieved uh, what I what I could have done um because I listened to the critics too much um yeah 
uh, I, I mean, I think I did pretty, pretty well considering, but, mm-hmm. um, but I, I still think like uh, I, the national team was a, a goal of mine and I never kind of reached that. And uh, I'm 5'11 and they told me that because I wasn't six foot, they wouldn't consider me for my, the position mm-hmm. that I played. And, um, and, you know, I had spent my entire career playing those positions and it would have taken a lot of a lot of work to you know move into a guard spot as opposed to a post Mm -hmm. and um I did go that was why I went to Europe but it was really difficult to get a professional contract in a guard position when I was actually a post (laughs) so you know um so it was just really it was really hard and you know I just I listened to the critics and um you know maybe I could have done more but um Mm -hmm. you know then when I came back after my my third season there I, I was just like well all of my cohort that graduated with me from Dow are now three years into their careers and you know and I'm where you know I've been playing a game for the last three years you know Mm -hmm. just vacationing in Europe essentially and uh you know what what what's gonna happen next and then I actually ended up chipping a bone in my ankle and not being able to play anyway so (laughs) yeah I'm uh, I'm the opposite of you. Sorry, I'm not opposite, I guess, but uh, I'm six seven. I'm a big dude, and uh, I did start playing basketball in grade six. Horrible at it. I'm more of uh, I'm more of a, uh, I like solo sports, snowboarding, and uh, camping, fishing, all that jazz. But I lost my jersey in grade six, and it was going to cost me fifteen bucks, so I quit. <laughs> that was the end of that end of my basketball journey. My sister, though. She she played competitive uh, basketball, soccer, baseball, and baseball took her. So she got full ride athletic academic scholarship down in the states, and um, yeah, played with there. Was tried out. Four of her teammates made the Olympic team. She got uh, yeah, she rolled her ankle or something, or, or her, no, she screwed up her back in tryouts for that and didn't get in. But she she used to be able to line drive a ball right over like. Like right past the third baseman's head if they ducked. I used to umpire games and she took out a whole whack of them doing the slap bunting with that. But yeah. but yeah, no, the the we coach a bunch of uh, uh student athletes. I we're coaching a basketball player at Dow. I've got a couple of baseball players in the States right now, too. And yeah, the pressure, like well, pressure for the sports, but also for the academic. They don't care about the academics, they just want to play and but you have to keep your grades up in order to get to the sports stuff it's a pain in the butt but what you're experiencing there is something called rejection sensitivity dysphoria anybody experienced that or do you know what that term means janice you heard it before google that and you're going to be like mind blown rsd is what it's called so it's basically if uh it's like if we perceive a threat or an actual threat meaning we think somebody's top downing us or criticizing or whatever we take it like straight to the heart, right? We take it to the heart and it sits with us and then it just percolates in us, right? So that happened, I'm guessing you weren't playing basketball like- Many years ago. Yeah, exactly. But you still hold on to it. Like it's right there with you. I had a, a principal tell me that based on performance at school, didn't matter what I did in life, it'd always be a failure. That was what I heard when I was like 17, 18. And then when I was uh, 24, I tried to get in. I want to be a social worker. That was my dream from like day one. And the the guy at University of Victoria told me that uh, based on my academics, what I'd done in college, um, that it didn't matter. Uh, no, what was it? Uh, that there was no way I could ever succeed in academia and told me, hey, you should go get a trade. Plumbers make good money, right? And I was like, I don't want to be a plumber and sit under somebody's sink. Guess what? Red Seal plumber gas fitter turned this, right? So and it was a back injury that killed that. So ironically, which is, you know, tall guys under sinks is not, not a great plan, but yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So that's called rejection sensitivity dysphoria. Another super common challenge that goes along with ADHD. One of the things with the, um, 
that goes along with us is emotion. We are very, very emotional people. We're super empathetic. Uh, we feel other people's pain, right? And uh, uh, and then we also, you know, when we're on a high, which I am on now, like I said, I can do anything right now. Like there's, you can throw anything at me and I'll just do it and do it and knock it out. Um, I'm dreading, and I always do every year around mid-November. What happens in no mid-November? Well, time change starts creeping up, right? And I literally will go from the happiest, most go-lucky, awesome person, especially when Christmas hits, to like, like revenue neutral. Like I can't even put out a smile to save my life. I'm just sitting there in kind of a daze, right? But that's why, uh, that's why I'm, I'm bringing on like the sleep therapist and stuff to talk on Friday. Um, huge Brene, I'm thinking Brene Brown, and somebody was chatting about that. Um, yeah, I think it's Brene Brown. They, uh, if you ever check out Brene Brown, uh, The Power of Empathy, that is a sweet video. Difference between like sympathy and empathy. Pretty cool. Before I do wrap it up, I want to hear from each of you um, a little goal setting thing, which is not what we like to do because we just like to wing it, live in the moment. Winging it, living in the moment will only get you so far, so fast, right? So my question to you guys is, uh, let's say just we'll keep it short. By the end of next year, so say 2023, give it give it a little bit of time. What do you want to accomplish in the next year and two months? Where do you see yourself? Uh, picture and vision, set an intention for where you want to be. I hope I can stop to, because I see work as a nanny. And yeah, I, I hope I can stop to work as a nanny and just work for me with my course and still teaching about the DHG, uh, have my business and one thing that I know that I want is I think the freedom that you have when you work by yourself and you, and you want to work in the internet, like be free for travel and work at the same time. Yeah, I think it's, it's a big thing for me is this, this freedom <laughs> for sure. Having freedom. That's the yeah. thing, yeah. If you if you work a remote business, it doesn't matter where you're at. So yeah, you could be flipping back and forth between mm -hmm. Brazil and here, I'm sure. I want to have 15 books published. 15, that's amazing. <laughs> um, and I will probably be in the process of applying for the uh, Canada Book Fund uh, grant to All help the grants, me, yes. Help me marketing help me with marketing and production okay i didn't even talk about the grants yet i'll just put it in the chat we'll talk about it another one um awesome uh amy yeah i think this time next year i'd love to feel like we were in the flow of business as opposed to like trying to figure things out um and also kind of being in a position where we can partake in a lot of like the culinary um, things that are happening in the province. So whether that be like devour fast or, you know, those sort of places, that's, that's kind of our niche market is, um, you know, the foodies of, of Nova Scotia and beyond. So to be involved in some of those things would be really exciting. That's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm going to share one of my big dreams that I've had for my entire life. Well, basically not my entire life since I started this, my big dream in my life was to be part of a collaborative uh, health integrated team where I could, where you'd have a diagnosis, somebody doing medication, uh, therapy in there because we all need our therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, gold standard for treating ADHD, coaching, sleep therapist, nutrition, the whole thing under one umbrella. I literally wrote up that business plan, uh, man, I would say back in, 20, I started in 2011. I probably did in 2012, to be honest. Just a business model canvas. I, I don't know if you guys use those or not. I use them for every idea. You got an idea, chuck it on a canvas, and I've got thousands of them. But that one has never left by this little umbrella. So so I uh, I tried to do it with a local doctor or a local psychiatrist. I will. That's all I'm going to say. The local ADHD psychiatrist is the only one. Didn't work out so hot with him. And uh, so ever since I've been looking for somebody else, that's been since 2015. So 
um, about a year ago, one of my coaches came to me and says, I think I have ADHD. And I was like, I hate to admit it. I was like, there's no freaking way. So this is a girl, Alana Tatry. She's been with me for a long time. She has an anxiety disorder, best employee I ever had. She's also a perfectionist. So she gets everything done until it's done, right? And we have a very mutually uh, beneficial uh, friendship and partnership in the business. So uh, it's all good. But anyway, so she's like, I have ADHD. I was like, nope, you're just hanging out with me too much. There's no way you can have it because you are way too focused and organized and everything to do it. How silly did I feel after I went out and found uh, uh, a doctor who would do the diagnosis? So um, we wanted a quick result. So I started scouring and I was on uh, Adult ADHD Canada. Heard about this guy named Dr. Gurdeep Pahar who owns the Adult ADHD Center, which is based out of Burnaby, British Columbia. And uh, I just gave him a show, basically found him on LinkedIn, sent him a message and said, hey, I run this coaching business out in Halifax. I've heard about you and your services. I got a coach who's interested. Would you take a look? Not only did he take a look, he did it for free, right? I was like, who does that, right? Like, especially from a doctor, that's not something I was definitely used to, especially with a local guy. He was just all about the cash, right? And uh, so he did it for free, came back, and I was like, gave us an awesome report. We went through it. And then I said, you know, I see, so there's another tip for you guys. So I see on your website that you offer coaching. Like, who does that? And how do I get on there? And he says, well, we have been offering it from like a clinical perspective but we don't want to do it like and he's like do you want to do it and I said of course I want to do it right and uh so literally and this this was back remember I said the spring's kind of dead so that was in the spring so I said not only do I want to do it I also want to meet you and uh so here's the next thing I did so um I'm originally from BC so it's mutually beneficial if I go out there um and if any of you guys, have you guys have heard of uh, NSBI before, Nova Scotia Business Inc.? Are you familiar with their Grow Export program? Basically, it's any, if you want to do any travel, um, go to any conferences, um, anything to really market your business, and it's outside of Nova Scotia, and the closest you can get is like Moncton, PEI, those are just driving, but as long as it's outside Nova Scotia, they'll pay for 50% of everything you do. So I'm like, great, I'll go hang out with my friends back in PC. And I did this huge road trip, went out and saw some of my uh, um, uh, my old therapist up there. Uh, we're actually getting together. We're going to be, uh, I'm going to be filming some of her content that helped me a lot to help uh, market her stuff. Uh, she's retired. So I bring her out of retirement to help her do that. And then I went and hooked up with Dr. Pahar. We went up to Whistler, did a conference up there. I just organized it off a whim, legit, like I'm doing right now. I'm good at winging things. Um, and uh, anyways, after that, I said, hey, I got this crazy idea. How about we pack, make a little package? So it'd be like an eight, adult ADHD diagnosis. You get your medication. You do like a 10-week course with us and then you join a community and we charge somewhere around three grand for it because currently the uh if you go get a uh a regular diagnosis like a psychiatric assessment you're going to pay between 2500 to 3500 so let's come in at three thousand bucks and see how we do and uh so of that three grand 300 of it uh, is what Dr. Pahar charges. So he charges $300 for a diagnosis and a prescription. You're not getting that anywhere else in Canada. So I thought until yesterday. <laughs> and, uh, so anyways, so that's that's how it goes. Uh, with him, it takes like a six to eight week turnaround. Uh, his uh, website is adultadhdcenter.com. And uh, yeah, you can get in get your turnaround within eight weeks, you got a diagnosis and that diagnosis you can use for all your accommodations, whether it works, school, whatever. So that's one, one individual. Then yesterday, this other guy shows up in my Calendly, which is the best thing that I've ever done. If you guys don't have Calendly, highly invest. I highly recommend you invest in it. If you are dealing with customers that you don't want a cold call, they just book all their calls with you. So it's the best thing I've ever done for my business. 
Um, so I see this guy in there. I'm like, who's that? So I'm clicking at it. And uh, he owns a site called beyondadhd.ca. And uh, so we have a little chit chat yesterday as he's driving to wherever he's driving to. So we talked for like two hours and, and Dr. Bahar was the same thing, just like the most amazing guy in it for the right reason, cares and uh, trying to make like a more affordable option for people who can't afford to drop 2,500, 3,500 and also don't want to wait a year to get diagnosed, right? So anyways, I'm chatting with him and uh, he also does adult ADHD assessments. He's kind of using a similar business model as Dr. Parhar in adults. And I was like, well, you know, I'm very loyal to Parhar because he's helped me out a lot. Uh, I can't, I'm not going to, you know, be sending my adult clients to you. However, uh, he said, he said the way he got started is they diagnosed kids as well. And I was like, holy crap, that's a monster market, <laughs> right? And I said, what age of kids exactly? And uh, he said, between the ages of six and 17. So honestly, for the last 10 years, I just shoot all my, any parenting stuff, any kids stuff, I'll just shoot it to somebody else, right? I am not a parent. I didn't, well, I'm a stepdad now, which is fun. But uh, I'm not a parent on purpose because I would have had little demons like me running around terrorizing the world. And I uh, didn't want to put myself or them through that <laughs> genetic uh, cesspool. So uh, anyhow, um, yeah, so this guy, uh, his name's, I don't even know how to pronounce his name either. It's like Hanif Shatar, but beyondadhd.ca is his website. So they use the same model. It's about the same price. I'm not exactly sure how much he charges. We didn't quite go down that road, but I think it's the same thing around that $300 mark, but he has immediate opening. So if you need some, you need a diagnosis, he can take you on immediately and uh, turn out, probably do the turnaround, I'm guessing. Yeah, oh, thanks. That's perfect. Yeah, beyondadhd.ca. That's the right one. Um, and the other one is... It says 179 for your first appointment video yeah. and 79 for follow-up video. Yeah, I, haven't, I haven't quite figured out what that means, if that includes the report or not, but it's around that. It's like 250 to 300 bucks, I think, somewhere like that. Uh, but anyways, I was like, I see you offer ADHD coaching too, right? And he's like, yeah, I don't want to do it either. So that happened. And so today we just wrote all our new, he's like, send me your web content. He's like, I'm going to create a, a, one of those ghost pages for you on Friday. And then next week you'll do all the coaching for us too. So literally I had this dream. It's been going on for years and years and years. I've tried it with so many different people. And this year I was like, I don't know, man, I kissed the rainbow or something. <laughs> I did something right. Um, but yeah, now um, so what I told him, so this, this is the, the interesting thing. He's like, you know, if you, if you start sending us all these people and we max out with the, um, if we max out with the, uh, the kids stuff, maybe we'll stop doing adults. And I was like, you know what you should do is you should go buddy up with Dr. Parhar because he's already like taken on, he's got nurse practitioners all across Canada at this point in time. Um, and uh, yeah, he's got them in every province, right? But he specialized 18 and up. What you should do is go buddy up to him and you say you do six to 17, Parhar does 18 and up and you just cross refer. And as you cross refer, you shovel down all the clients to us and we just, you know, contract out across Canada. And this, this is just purely like no affiliate marketing, no, none of that garbage. It's just a bunch of nice guys trying to do better for the world is essentially how I'm looking at it. And uh, because again, with my stuff, 95% of the people I coach are all funded anyways, right? I just got to go figure out province to province now. And uh, so, yeah, big goal is to, to work from there. So that's something that's happened. Literally, I'm not even joking about two months ago, I was like, I'm going to close this thing down. I'm so frustrated. <laughs> like I just, just was over it to these massive things happening to hiring my first office manager today. I just contracted on like three new coaches as well. It's like, you, you never know. Yeah. Two years ago, I almost went bankrupt. I had a guy, you actually, Janine, you talk about coming through the immigration pilot project i'm guessing or doing that i hired somebody the guy that i hired was through that uh and all he did was like basically rip 
$150,000 off me, paid for all his immigration. As soon as he got his papers, he hightailed it and left me with 150 grand in debt, $40,000 a month in overhead and nothing to show for it. I had to fire everybody, but now I'm bringing all those people that I had to fire. I had to bring, bring them all back to work with me now three years later because I finally got it. So that that's the fun part. Just so you know, there are these ups and downs and fluctuations. However, you can still have big wins down the road. And I'm so fired up right now that, um, that I get to, to be part of this and I'm, I'm going to focus on stuff that really drives me. So mine is definitely entrepreneurs. I love neurodivergent entrepreneurs and, uh, people in career transition and Alana, she's got the knack for the post-secondary stuff. She's got it all figured out. So she's going to run that. I'm going to run this and then we're all going to collaborate together. So uh, anyways, thanks so much for coming on. Uh-